702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, to everyone listening to this Locked and Down podcast right now. In South Africa, we're at the early stages of national lockdown. The response to our podcasts have been amazing. I've received many messages from all of you, unpacking your fears, your thoughts, and your hopes for this period. Like Linda, who commented on my Instagram post saying on Tuesday she came home from the shops and she cried. She bought nothing. It was packed. There were so many people stockpiling. Shelves were empty. And in that moment, it just got too much and she didn't know how she was going to cope. We've now had reported deaths from coronavirus in South Africa. And so I find it apt that an article written recently by the Harvard Business School was sent to me by two people, um, by my husband's aunt, Joanne, and a friend from school called Deneen. And it details how we are all currently experiencing grief. And it's a collective grief. And for me, it made sense to finally be able to put my finger on an emotion that I think we're all feeling today. A former colleague as well said she would love to hear us discuss the loss people are experiencing over this time. Maybe you've been forced to postpone your wedding. You've had to avoid attending a funeral of a loved one. On Twitter, Rami Chuane posted, one of my aunts died in Limpopo. Being a very big and extremely close-knit family, this lockdown has come at us sideways. We won't be able to bury her, and that's our reality. So joining me for this episode again is Casey Chambers, the Operations Director of the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, also known as SADC. Hi, Cassie. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get right into it. The news can be extremely overwhelming for some. It can be. I think it, it's really reality now. The, the real consequences of COVID or having the virus is really hitting us. And I, just from the people also reaching out to us and even on our Facebook, it, it makes it so much more real now and more serious. So we have a lot of people who feel sad by the news and quite shocked. You know, we hear about the cases and we've been monitoring it, but now to add through the death rate, that's scary. And that makes this whole going down on lockdown have a lot more of a serious meaning. And this is, this is hard for people to digest. You know, it's a live or die situation. I think hearing people with loss of life is just really heavy. Well, I was listening to the radio and um, there was a caller who phoned in and he literally said he didn't even know the people who had died, but yet he mm. just started crying on the radio. He just started sobbing and he completely broke down in the sheer enormity of it all because this is a massive grief. It is. Now we start to envision, because this is affecting all of us, you know, often with an illness, it often happens to other people or there's a small percentage. But now just knowing that someone has lost their lives, family are now dealing with it, I think it's really hard. And we have a lot of people who are sanded by it. They're, they're shocked. It also makes it really scary. It makes COVID, you know, we hear a lot of people saying before, you know, it's just the flu and we can wash hands. But now to hear that there's a death, I think is really difficult. And people have different reactions. You know, some are feeling sad. Some are really upset and, and crying and down by the news. Some are angry. Um, and I think when we're on lockdown and we're dealing with all of this, I think we have a lot longer to sit with that information and to really digest. So it makes it difficult to deal with these deaths. And I think in the next few days, we're going to see more of those stats 
increasing. So it's something that unfortunately we're going to have to hear more of and deal with more. And also we're grieving the general loss of safety because we don't know where this attack is coming from. And then obviously with grief comes those expected stages, the denial, because this won't affect me, as you say, the anger, because some people are staying at home and they're angry at those that aren't. Maybe the bargaining, you know, you bargain with yourself, everything will be okay. The sadness, as you say, over the lives lost, we don't know how many and will we be all right? When will this end? And then of course, you know, the acceptance, there's nothing I can do other than just, you know, do as I'm told. Mm. When you're feeling so overwhelmed and you're going through that almost like washing machine cycle of you're in between these different stages and you don't quite know and you're feeling confused and conflicted, I think it's really important that people understand the stages of grief because you can kind of picture where you are yes, it's normal, yes, it's okay, and when you've shifted so that you can actually see that you're moving through those stages of grief, it's almost like a progression. And I think in the last couple of weeks, even just the last few days, we were in that crisis management, that fight or flight mode, where you're like, it's just the flu, I'm not going to deal with the heart, I'm not going to get caught in, I'm not going to panic by as much as we would have liked to have said that. And then that was kind of denial of everything, not believing that it's more serious. And I think after hearing about the deaths, I think that hits us in a really big way. Um, And we've even seen people on Facebook already quite angry, you know, blaming the system, blaming on testing. You can blame all kinds of things for it. I think it's just the nature of the illness, really, and and, and the progression of any virus. And then the bargaining, which is really interesting because I think a lot of people are stuck there is that we're now trying to find ways to make sense of this, to make it okay and say, well, okay, but we're now in isolation. We can have family time or I can try a new skill. And I think everyone's trying to do this to almost convince ourselves that it's okay and that we can actually get through this and then what I'm really worried about I think throughout the 21 days and where different people are in the in the cycle is where they start to get depressed and down we we had one person on Facebook who's almost in that depressed mode and they know it but the whole nature of the illness prevents them from just getting up doing something and pulling themselves out of it and it's only like day one and two and and it's the worry is that they can get stuck there for the next 21 days And then I think that acceptance, like, okay, this is what it is. This is how we have to act. This is how we have to respond and really taking it seriously. Um, And remember that through these different stages, you can go back, you can go forward, you can start at the beginning. There's no um, right way of doing it. It's just kind of knowing where you are in the system. You and I know that depression is something you really can't help. People will say, oh, get up and play a song. Oh, just, you know, wash your hair or whatever. You know, you'll feel better. You'll feel better. But when it's in your brain, it's something you truly can't describe to anybody, that feeling of not being able to get up in the morning. So just in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. for those people that are listening to this podcast who who perhaps are struggling with depression or not, Mm -hmm. just struggling to actually get out of bed, what would be your three top tips for them? I think also a really great way to put it so that you also don't feel like it's something wrong with you is that you don't say to someone, oh, just snap out of it, it's asthma. But yet someone with depression is told, just snap out of it, it's just depression. As if it would be that easy to wake up and say, hey, I don't want to be depressed today. Or yes, I'm going to get out of bed and get showered and I'm going to feel so much better. It's something chemical in our body. And I think it's just to be aware of that first and and foremost. Often when we're in that deep funk and that deep depression or we're just having a bad day, I think it's just to also cut yourself some slack and be like, you know what, today is a bad day. And allowing yourself space and time to really accept that and be okay with because often when you're feeling depressed, there's a lot of guilt and shame and worthlessness. But then to kind of say, and this is why it's so important to have like a go-to safety list. 
when you're feeling that deep and depressed and down, the last thing that your brain is telling you is like, yes, let's get up and go do exercise. And yes, let's get out of bed. Sometimes we need a reminder or a go-to. And this either be like on your contact list. One or two people that can be your go-to people that you can say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Can you get me, get me out of this? You know, sometimes having someone who's like, can really motivate you or tell you a funny story just flips your mood. But having a go-to person, writing down what is your go-to thing? What is your favorite song that's going to help just give you that motivation? So you can see it, you can go to it, a playlist. You don't have to think too hard or work too hard to get yourself out of it. Sometimes even if you're stuck in your room and you're feeling down, sometimes just removing yourself from the room can be a real big difference. So if you're feeling down, lying in bed, leopard crawl, drag yourself to the lounge, drag yourself to the balcony, just sometimes changing the environment can just start that switch for the rest of the day. But it, it is hard. And also, if you're having a hard day, it's okay to speak to someone, whether you have a friend or a loved one or you don't have anyone to talk to there are still places you can contact. Often when people grieve, they're grieving alone. Um, but at the moment, it's like the whole planet is in this grief cycle and everyone is sharing this, this hidden pain. How can we give ourselves hope and maybe those around us, though we can't be with them, we can see them through social media or through apps, but we can't actually be with them. So perhaps maybe tolerance and compassion, you know, a bit more tolerance and compassion in, in these days is what is needed, you know, for those who might be lashing out. Exactly. You know, just like the really simple phrase of just be kind. One day you might be having a bad day and you need someone to be there for you to say the right thing to help you or just say, you know what, it really sucks and I feel for you and I feel the same way and let's try to do this together. And then another day you might be that person for someone else. So I think the biggest theme that I can try to get across is just be kind because you don't know how difficult someone's day is or how much heavy the news or whatever they're dealing with is so just kind whether it be like oh my god yes we're in this together it's going to be okay and how about I take a photo of my cup of tea and I send it to you while you're having tea and we can kind of connect virtually I think those are the kinds of go-to so even having a, a whatsapp group and be very careful also of all these groups because often what we do is we share all this negative stuff oh another death or you know look at these photos in Italy and which is very normal. You know, we're also grieving. We're sharing information. But I think we have to be very mindful of how much we're sharing and balancing it with good things. Show some nice things that are happening. Show some funny things that are happening, even if you don't feel so great. But sharing them could at least just try to help someone else smile. Yeah, I must be honest. I have wanted to leave a couple of WhatsApp groups in the last couple of days just because the number of messages coming through just feels overwhelming because everybody's kind of just sharing the same content the whole time, you know. And it's like you say, it's normal going through those cycles because everybody will share the stuff that they've seen. But uh, thank you once again, Cassie Chambers, for joining me. Uh, Just very quickly, you can tell our listeners again, there is help if people need it. SADAC will will still be operating. Absolutely. None of our services have been disrupted. Everything is working. You can get all of our contact details, SMS, WhatsApp, Facebook, whatever you're needing. Go to our website and you'll get all the information and you can reach out to a counselor 24 hours a day. Help is at hand during this lockdown. Call SADAC between 8am to 8pm on 0800 567 789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.